The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. And right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM, Fight Nation, channel 156. Yo, what's up, Busted Open Nation? This is Bully Ray, and happy Labor Day to everybody. Got something really cool in store for you on the podcast. Me and Matt Camp will be completely breaking down NXT TakeOver Cardiff, but even more AEW's all out which matches we liked which matches that we thought they could have did a better job with breaking down cody and spears talking about the crazy insane high impact ladder match did jericho and page follow the ladder match so much to talk about in the world of pro wrestling before we get you ready for monday night raw myself bully ray and mad camp on the Busted Open Podcast, coming to you right now. Turn that shit up. I think All Out is the show that everybody is focusing on. And we're gonna get we're gonna get to take over also. But man, th- this all out show, I'm uh it- it's got me perplexed. It's got me um it had me entertained, but it also had me scratching my head. So I'm gonna I'm gonna flip the switch on you here. I'm the host, you're the analyst Let's right go. now. What did you, th- like, top of your head, initial feelings, before we dive deep, what did you think of All Out, man? I would have said, uh, if you flipped All In and All Out, I would say they'd be riding, uh, riding a massive wave of momentum heading into television debut next month. But I think they hit a double when they needed to hit a home run. That's, that was my thought when it was all said and done. There was some things that I went, that's exactly what they're trying to present. That's what I think they're going for. That connected in a big way. And there were things that I watched and went, nope, that, that's not what they needed to do tonight. If they did that three months ago, okay, there's still something to build there. Uh, I think they left some things open. I think they, some things they needed to hit in a big way did not hit. Um, they still have time. I, I think they were kind of handcuffed. And, and this is just the way their structure is. It's a little odd in that they have done bigger shows pay-per-view shows um i guess you'd call like fighter fest and fight for the fallen almost kind of their equivalent to a old school not current old school clash of champions in between but they haven't had tv to build some of these things they've had their youtube shows and i think that's hurt them and i'll tell you right now bully in particular i think it hurt them in the build-up to jericho and hangman page and i think that that bled into the main event of the show what do you think? You, you said you thought there were a couple of big misses on the show. What's the 
what's the one big miss in your opinion? The main event and the world championship title match did not come across as the main event, the big thing coming out of that show. And if you are going to crown your first champion, that should be a big deal. Now, maybe, you know, some would say, well, they they made a, a, quote, heel, a champion in Chris Jericho. That's not going to get the same reaction if they have crowned Hangman Page or anybody else. If it was Kenny Omega, if it was Cody, maybe there's a lot more momentum coming out of that because they're beloved. Um, Did they make the right call going with Jericho? I happen to think that they may have had to pivot at some point in the last few months because of what happened with Pac. I, I really believe that. I, I think they were on their way to Kenny Omega being the champion. I think they had to pivot. We end up with Jericho instead. There's not as much fanfare with that. Um, does it continue to tell the story of Hangman Page? Potentially. I just think they struggled to tell that story via YouTube, and I think that where it was placed on the card uh, also hurt the overall um, fallout of Jericho becoming the first champion. It didn't feel like the big moment it needed to feel like. So let me ask you this. You're saying that the you believed that the the main event, the World Heavyweight Championship match, fell a little short. It didn't feel like the moment it was supposed to feel like. Is that because of the match that you saw and you heard? Or is it because of the match that took place right before it? I think Did it's... the latter match take away from the main event? Absolutely. And I would tell you this. I think the show was too long. And you can do a four-hour-plus show, and it could be strong from front to back. Um, I think All In was almost that. And and I felt like it built and built and built and got there. This didn't do that, and I think the ladder match took away. The ladder match was so spectacular, and I I really thought that it exceeded my expectations. Plus, you had the LAX stuff, or uh, whatever they're going to be called now, Pride pride and Powerful. Uh, You had that after the fact. There was a lot there to sink your teeth into, and they over-delivered, and that was a big... They had a blow-off bully before they had a title match that didn't really feel like a blow-off. It felt like there's more probably down the road for Jericho and Page. So having a big blow-off match that I felt over-delivered, I think it took away from the main event because the crowd was not going to hit those same heights again. Would you have put the ladder match on last I have to say no, because I believe that the world title should be the most important thing on the show, and they're trying to build that from day one. Uh, Too often we have seen multiple companies not put the world title in the main event, and I always always have a problem with that. Now, you could say sometimes that a grudge match uh, has more behind it. I mean, we've seen Shawn Michaels and Undertaker main event at WrestleMania, and it was 100% the right call. Of course, Shawn Michaels' career was on the line when they did that. Uh, we've also seen them go on, and then Randy Orton and Triple H get out there, and, and they don't have a chance in hell of, of following that up. We saw Rock and Hogan at 18, and Jericho and Triple H didn't have a chance in hell of following that up. I still think the championship should mean the most, and in the early stages of this company, you have to present it as such. But I wonder if you'd ask those guys again if they would have changed their mind. I don't think they had a chance in hell after that ladder match. So I get putting the championship on a pedestal, but I, uh, I still would have done it. But I wonder if I would have – maybe it's a different title match if I know that, that, that there's a blow-off ladder match with that much emotion behind it. Maybe Jericho and Adam Page is not the main event to put on after it. 
the way they put the show together, and I'm referring to the match order, was very reminiscent of how New Japan puts their matches together, where it's always a build to your biggest main event matches. And they went Cody, Bucks, Jericho, and Page. Um, when you when you had a match like Cody and Spears, where there's so much emotional investment and i'm talking about laughing and crying and surprises like arn anderson after a match like cody and sean spears the crowd is a bit spent they've invested a lot of emotion whether it's physical and emotional emotion uh on those guys so how do you top that match well now you get the ladder match and that is just a complete purging of emotions from fans after that ladder match it's almost like it, the the crowd had just had really great sex and they all had to sit back and smoke a cigarette together it's like how much more emotion could you possibly get out of me it's like th- there was no more pops left in them because between cody and spears and the ladder match They're exhausted because for 45 minutes to an hour, they have been in a constant state of euphoria and excitement. Eventually, you have to come down. So I agree with you. I would have put Jericho and uh, and Paige on last because I believe that's where your World Heavyweight Championship belongs at all times, let alone your inaugural world heavyweight champion but i would have put a match in between the ladder match and the world heavyweight championship and i'm not saying a definitive buffer match like back in the day before hogan would go on they would put a match on right before him that they knew for a fact would bring the crowd down like that was the plan matt right Like, back in the day when they booked Hogan in the WWF, they actually said, okay, we're putting this match right before Hogan because we know people will not invest in this match. Thus, they will be on their feet when Hulk comes out. And that's very smart booking in a card. On this one, there should have been a match like that. Now, I'm not saying that the AEW is going to put on a match that they know is going to be a definitive stinker. But you got to put on a match between that ladder match and that World Heavyweight Championship to allow the people a chance to come down. This way they can be back up for the World Heavyweight Championship match. Because I don't give a damn how great Chris Jericho is. And I don't give a damn how good Hangman Page is. And I don't care how much of a good story they tell or how great their spots may be or how much blood there may be or how, how beautiful the horse was that he rode in. All of that crap is impossible to overcome when you are emotionally drained. We brought, we brought up the idea that New Japan booking, and, and as, as strong as their card can get built up to the main event, which is typically Okada, who you would expect to have the best match on the show, and he doesn't always. Uh, that's because how strong they are. But there's no ladder match, right? There's no spectacular. There's no you know, crash and burn aspect, for the most part, to those New Japan matches that lead up on the back end of the card. If it's you know Ishii defending the Neverweight title or Naito defending the IC title, they're built up just in ring for the most part, whereas this was 
a complete there, there's not spectacles like the way there was in this ladder match. This was a spectacle that had everything that everybody could have wanted and more. There was a big post match angle. It's tough to come down from that. I wonder, Bully, if you're booking this card again, let's say you put that buffer match and not you know, whatever you want to call it, a come down match, maybe just something different. Would you have put the SCU match in here against Marco Stunt, Jungle Boy, and Luchasaurus? No, because that match would have had the same amount. It wouldn't have had the same amount of people popping as the ladder match, but I think that that was an excellent opener oh, for great. the show. That, that was the perfect opener for the show. I did not think the right guys went over. I would have put Luchasaurus, Marco Stunt, and Jungle Boy over, and we'll get into why. Oh, yeah. A little later, because I think they missed an opportunity on those guys, although great match to start the show. In retrospect, I probably would have put on that Best Friends um, Super Smash Brothers tag match, but in no way, shape, or form does that match belong in your semi-main event spot. You see, AEW is booking their shows, like I said, very much New Japan, where, you know, the the... You know, Cody and Sean, semi-main, ladder match, semi-main, Jericho and Page, main. They're creating this perception that all of those matches are semi-main. WWE never did that back in the day, and I don't even think WCW. And a lot of companies that were successful didn't backload so heavy. When you backload that heavy, you better make sure that that last match has an opportunity to follow. I have 100% confidence in Chris Jericho. I have 100% confidence in Adam Page. I liked that World Heavyweight Championship match. I thought it was really good. There are a lot of people who didn't necessarily like it, but I think people didn't like it because of what it had to follow. It didn't have the same story as Cody and Spears. Nope. It didn't have the same crash and burn spots as um, the ladder match. Thus, it almost felt like they were set up to fail no matter what they did. So when I isolate that match between Jericho and Page, I thought it was a strong world heavyweight championship match with the right guy going over. I'm okay with that. I don't know if that's your inaugural championship match. It, it- it didn't feel like we had a big moment when it was all said. But what did you want? What were you looking for? I wanted that to be the talking point coming out of the show in a very positive way, and it wasn't. And I'm not how, saying that because Jericho you, won. I'm not how saying can it you because have, Jericho won. What could Jericho – okay, I'm putting the pencil in your hand. Let's what go. could Jericho and Paige have done to be a talking point that was going to out – outshine anything that went on in that last nothing nothing my point is that the way this was built i don't think they if i would have said this i would have built this is a match bully i think that would have been better built via television over time and that's not on jericho i think i don't know if Paige is where they need him to be to have built this match via youtube videos I definitely think that they could have invested more time in the story just like they did Cody and Spears because uh, there's a lot of time and effort that went into Spears, and I appreciated it. But if Paige is going to be your young guy that that you're going to be running with in the future, and make no mistake, Paige will be that guy. No doubt. I think you should have invested more real time in Jericho and Paige. That's my that's my issue with this. That was your main event, knowing 
you were a bit handcuffed by how you had to build. Listen, uh, leading up to All Out, me and Dave, and even me and Mark to an extent, found ourselves talking about Cody and Sean Spears more than any other match. We, we didn't talk about the latter match at all. And I think we didn't talk about it because it's just kind of an assumption that, yeah, those guys are going to go out. They're going to go right. crazy. They're going to have a phenomenal match. It's gonna, it is what it is. It's going to be the ultimate car crash. We talked a little bit about Jericho and Paige, but our main focus was on Cody and Spears. Why? Because of the story. They built up such an amazing story between the one chair shot, between the sit down with JR, and then the, the contract signing um, in the lawyer's office. <clears throat> Never got any of that with Chris and Paige. Nope. But despite they, that, I thought they had a good match. They had a good match. They didn't have, I think, the, uh, the the overall angle did not pay off, I think, the way they needed it to for the inaugural champion. And I think part of that is because of how it was built. So here you go. We sit here a month before TV, and there are not all positive thoughts. It's not all roses for AEW, and we haven't had that happen very often. And guess what? It was going to happen at some point anyway. And, uh, Bully, I want to ask you, you put the polls up. We've been watching the poll since you put it up over the weekend. I have been more interested in the tweets that we have gotten. What have you gotten? And, and the poll, for as much as we're talking about it, pretty overwhelmingly positive in favor of AEW, correct? The, the poll is overwhelmingly positive as far as people voting thumbs up or thumbs down. But the actual feedback and the comments have been interesting to me. I'm reading a ton, and I'm talking about a Tommy Dreamer ton, so you know that's a lot. <laughs> oh, boy. A ton of tweets with people that did not like All Out. And that's what has me genuinely interested. Not because I want to harp on anything negative. That's negative. never the point. I'm interested in hearing people call in today to tell me exactly why, tell us exactly why you didn't like it. Because if you were to have All Out on your TV and you watched that show blindfolded and could only watch with your ears, there's no way in hell you could ever say that you didn't like the show. Because what you saw from the audience and what you heard from the audience would tell you that it was probably one of the greatest shows ever. But there's been a lot of pushback on All Out. I'm wondering if it's coming from WWE fans or if it's coming from people that did not like the lack of psychology in the show, maybe some of the sloppiness of the show, mm -hmm. and maybe just guys going out there and doing whatever the hell they wanted for no rhyme or reason. Like what you're hearing? Catch Busted Open live weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation Channel 156 or on demand with the SiriusXM app. Arn Anderson coming out, hitting the spine buster. Place goes absolutely nuts. That was the high point of the match to me. Spine on the pine. Oh, pop, pop me. JR is like cheddar cheese. Everything is better with cheddar. And everything's better when JR is behind the behind the, the in the booth, behind the desk, making the call. I, I think JR did a phenomenal job the other night, despite the fact that I know that he probably disagreed with fifty percent of the things that he saw happen. Yeah. And I just want and I just and you know, you, you played in the audio, you heard the chair shot, Cody using the chair on Spears. I had a big problem with the belt. 
happening right in front of the referee, and I also had a big problem with the chair happening in front of the referee. Here comes Cody with a chair. He's about to receipt Sean Spears with a chair shot to the head. Okay, but any good babyface, any babyface worth his weight in salt will never use the foreign object. He'll use his finish. So I was hoping Cody was just going to threaten, threaten Spears, boom, and then hit the crossroads for the one, two, three. Once Cody throws the chair at Sean Spears and then hits the leg lariat into the chair, the chair now becomes a weapon. Cody used the weapon in an offensive way. Why wasn't that a DQ? I just assume because Spears kept holding it, which I always feel looks so contrived when he holds it and then turns around into that move. If these things do not happen in front of the referee's face, I have zero problem with them, okay? Because manipulating the referee, distractions, all that stuff is part of a match. You use the word a bit overbooked. I didn't think it was overbooked. I enjoy the run-ins. I enjoy the weapons. But they have to, the, the spots have to be done properly. The credibility has to be kept on the ref. Once you use a, a belt right in front of the referee, and once you use a chair right in front of the referee, all bets are off. You might as well not have any rules. I, hear, I, I keep hearing in AEW, wins and losses matter. Wins and losses matter. Okay, great, but your rules don't fucking matter. There you go. I'm with you. They pick their, they pick and choose when they want to apply those things. That you can can't, be a problem. Do that, can't do man. that. You, you can't, can't talk about that. the credibility and the sports presentation and then do that. You can't because then you're going to get picked apart and you deserve to be picked apart. And that that's and here's the, the thing, Matt. We're trying to here's be fair about that. We are being fair and we're applying the same kind of fairness and analyzation to AEW that we do to the WWE. And whenever we're on the show and we pick apart the WWE, AEW fans are all cheering at the top of their lungs. Yeah, Bully, get him. Yeah, Dave. Yeah, Matt. Yeah, Dreamer, whoever. Yeah, get him, get him, get him. But now we're going we're gonna to point the gun in the direction that it needs to be pointed. I really, really enjoyed the entire pay-per-view from a fans point of view because i try to listen i try to watch with my ears but when i see things that are so blatant happen in front of a referee you know how they could have fixed that whole problem matt very easily go ahead no dq match wouldn't that have made sense with the story anyway of course you don't have to do that all the time it doesn't have to be on every show but that one applied it made sense making it a no dq match is not only the easy way out it's the smart way Okay, so if they would have made, based on the the chair shot to the head, based on everything that went on, just make it a no DQ match, and you could have all the fun that you want. The way that they did it, despite the fact that everybody loved it, too many holes. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music, plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy SiriusXM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car. Right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Just go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone, at home, and online. That's SiriusXM.com busted. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. The tag match. We, we talked about the placement of the tag match. I happen to see a certain wrestling journalist say that the tag match should have gone on last. 
We've spoken about the idea of putting the championship, the world championship, in the inaugural title match on last. I don't know, Bully. I mean, part of me says if I restructured the show, maybe I would have done that. Maybe it would have made the title match mean more. I don't know. Maybe maybe it would have had a better reaction. But it's tough. I mean, I, I think back... WrestleMania 8, right? Ric Flair and Macho Man. That's the match that stands out. That was in the middle of the card. We had the Papa Shango, Sid, Ultimate Warrior, Hogan fiasco at the end of that show. But everybody talks about Ric Flair and Macho Man. That was in the middle of the show. But this is the inaugural championship title match. Did they make a mistake just in terms of the timing of when these two feuds culminated? Is that what this came down to? Maybe more than anything else. I heard some of the same feedback from certain journalists about the match placement and how they believed that ladder match should have went on last. I'm going to use a personal experience, and I'm going to give you an example of something. Tell me what you think. Okay. What was the main event of WrestleMania 17? Rock and Austin. What was the match that stole the show? Um, the latter match was really good on that show. TLC two. Should TLC two have gone on last? No, not at all. Absolutely not. Uh, Absolutely not. We are also talking about the two biggest stars, maybe in wrestling history, main eventing that show. Adam Page and and Chris Jericho are not those guys. Let's be very honest and fair about this. Yes, my point is this. Does a spectacle match take precedent over a world heavyweight championship no, match? It does Never. Not. No, 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 Never. no, no. Let me throw this at you, though. Let me throw this at you. They are presenting tag team wrestling as a very big deal in AEW. Would you agree with that? Yes, and I think that's awesome. But tag okay. team wrestling, no matter how big of a deal it is, I don't mind tag team wrestling pl- uh, being the co-star to the star, which should always be the World Heavyweight Championship. No matter how much of a die-hard tag team guy I am, I know for a fact that the World Heavyweight Championship takes precedent. So, like, like, like when AJ Styles was the WWE champion and he was going on in the middle of the card and other mm-hmm. matches were going on last, I hated that. Your championship, your main championship should always take precedent. Matt, you're a sports guy. When does the big, in boxing, when does the big world championship fight go on in the middle of the show? Never. Never. Why why would it? No, absolutely. You have undercard stuff to lead up to it. It's why Sunday night football gets the best games. It's why they flex the games after the first six weeks of the season. So the most eyeballs and the biggest game of the week, theoretically, is presented when everyone's focusing on it. It is the main event of Sundays is Sunday night football. It's that. I get it. It's all kinds of sports. It's done that way for a reason. How many people thought that that ladder match was better than the main event? I understand your opinion. I will never agree with you that the ladder match should have been on, been on last, especially for this very, very tangible, factual reason. What championship was being fought for in oh, the yeah. ladder match? The only AEW championship that currently exists. The AEW World Heavyweight Championship, not the AAA tag team titles, which we will probably bully rarely, if ever, see again in the company. 
So you want me as a fan to understand that the AAA Tag Team Championships are more important or prestigious than your inaugural AEW World Heavyweight Champion? Excuse me. Just by that, by default, you are completely wrong in thinking that the ladder match should have went on last. Now you're thinking and booking like a complete mark. Only a mark who works for a pop would ever put that ladder match on last. It would, it's the wrong decision. It's up to Jericho and Paige to follow, but more importantly, it's up to the minds there. And let's think about this. Who are the minds putting the show together? It's the boys. It's the wrestlers. Remember, this is a wrestling company booked and brought to you by wrestlers. Okay, wrestlers, you should have been smarter. You should have never put those three matches back to back to back. You should have spread it out a little bit. I don't have a problem with Cody going and then the ladder match going, but you should have put something in the middle. I'm not inferring that Jericho and Paige did not follow because I think they did. But the fans weren't able to physically and emotionally follow because they just rode a wave for an entire hour. It's just human nature. You got to come down. How many orgasms can you possibly have in one hour? They got this right, if you remember, at Double or Nothing. They did, I think it was Cody and Dustin... And then I think that's when they did the Bret Hart title presentation. So it was something different. It brought everybody down. It still was a good segment. It was still important and part of the show. It wasn't forced. But they understood that. Hey, that crowd is going to be on an emotional roller coaster. They are going to be on a ridiculous high. We need to make sure that we have something else to put in here. Um I don't know how you could have done that. I don't know if that's putting in the best friends in Dark Order match. Um, I don't know if they, you know, did they feel like they were going to sacrifice those guys by putting them there? I'm not sure. I, I don't know what you could, do you do a, even if, Bully, it's a backstage segment, do you do something like that there? Just to, to break it up a little bit more. Would anything. That have anything. A little bit more. You're going to show the anything. package, right? Anything. You're going to show give, the Jericho Page package, but maybe something else. Just to, just to give everybody a couple of minutes to just catch their breath. Give them a chance to smoke a cigarette and calm down and relax. This way they can go ballistic again. That is how you put a show together. I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a flow to matches and there's a flow to the entire show. When you have those three matches, your three main event matches went on last, Okay. But when you have a, matter, a ladder match like that, that is specifically designed to work for the pop. I mean, Matt, was there any psychology on the match? For the ladder match? Yeah. Uh, probably not. There, there's no psychology. When you see ladders being set up on the floor or in yeah. other places other than right underneath the belts. And listen, I've probably been... Um, guilty of doing this also. Sure. But it was, listen, here's one thing I want to talk about with the ladder match. Okay. Despite the fact that I thought it was an incredible car crash, incredible athleticism, as I I have to watch it strictly with the rest through the wrestling fans' eyes, otherwise I'm going to be entirely too critical of it. So 
there's there's not enough great things I can say about how incredible the match was. Yay! Let me ask you this. How the hell does somebody take a Canadian destroyer off the top of a ladder through a table and then continue a match for seven minutes and then do aftermath and a beatdown? How am I supposed to... No, I'm buy gonna, into I, this bullshit that you're trying to shovel me. I'm going to tell you. I'll, I'll let me. Here, here's where I can talk from inside the wrestling industry in a rare spot. I had this conversation with someone who commentated uh, for WWE, uh, has worked for big companies, and I said to him once when I was first starting, I go, "I'm calling a match, and two guys trade package pile drivers on the apron in the first ten minutes. Where do we go from there? Because they kept wrestling, and as a commentator." My job, bully, and I, I've talked to you about this, is to get people over and call the match as a sport. We take it very seriously. But when that stuff happens, how do I peak? How do I get that fired up and then go somewhere else? How do I go, wow, holy crap, that was the craziest thing I've ever seen. And then more stuff happens. That's hard to sell. That's hard if I'm watching the match to go, how is that guy not dead? Look at what he took, because then it takes away from that move, and it takes away if that move ever happens again. Now, that was at the highest level it's going to happen in terms of Canadian Destroyer with you know weapons involved, but if it continues to go, how do I make those next moments feel bigger than what just happened right there, especially when it involves the guy who took the move? That's hard to sell to an audience that, wait, there's more. At some Matt, point, you got to go, that was it. And that was the move, or this was the sequence that is going to lead to that guy being out of the match, and here's the finish. That didn't happen quick enough after that. I can get around spot fest matches. <clears throat> I can appreciate them. I can understand them. And I think I'm the one veteran other than Dreamer who can understand them because in ECW, we were guilty of doing a lot of the same things. I'd like to think that we threw a little bit more psychology on the things. But when you show me, first of all, I love the Canadian Destroyer as a finish in the middle of the ring on its own. It is a strong, strong finish. And I've gone on record to say, I think Petey Williams inventing that move was awesome. I love it. Now you do it from the top of a ladder, okay, through a table, and you're able to walk away and talk about it. As a guy who's been involved in ladder matches, as a guy who is proud to say he was part of the six guys who put these type of matches on the map and still hasn't been freaking topped, we would design our matches in ways like, what's going to be our last big bump? Okay? What, uh, Edge spearing Jeff. That's it. You guys are dead. Bully, you're going to get tipped off the top of the ladder and go through the tables on the floor, which now five guys have copied my exact same freaking spot. That's going to take you out. Matt, you're going to get tipped off the ladder and go through the tables. That's going to take you out. We designed our matches to have big bumps to take us out. What's going to be the move that kills us? And I'll be damned if I don't see moves happening in that ring that not only should have took you out of the match, but should have stretched you out of the arena and kept you out of the ring for three months. Which, first of all, doesn't happen anywhere near enough. Here's what I remember about you after those matches, if you didn't win them. There's a shot of you looking dead 
in a heap of tables. You know the last time I saw the Young Bucks at the end of the show? Standing with their T-shirts on, watching, watching Chris Jericho walk by them. Standing on two feet with no bandages, nothing. They tweet about not everyone to do that match again, but there they are standing like nothing's wrong. When they got the ever-living hell kicked out of them, put through tables, Canadian Destroyer, and I see them standing there. That takes away from the impact of a match that they were saying was like a death ladder match. I don't they, Sorry, they didn't man. need to do that. Am I wrong? Sorry, dude. Uh, no, you're 100% right. You're 100% right. You're basically saying that all of the physicality that happened in that ring meant absolutely nothing. I am a fan of Matt and Nick. It's impossible to not be a fan of the Bucks when you saw them step into a TNA locker room for the first time as two scared little children and then evolve into what they are today top tag team in the world and what they helped create in AEW. You, you, even if I despise them in the ring, I'd still have to respect them for what they were able to the, accomplish because no matter how you get to the top in the wrestling business, as long as you get to the top, that's the only thing that matters. And those guys are at the top right now. Yep, absolutely. However, I, I will always be critical of what I see in the ring, especially because what you are doing is trying to replicate some of the greatest matches that have ever happened. If you take big bumps like that, they have to be sold appropriately. Nobody is saying don't do the move. You want to take a Canadian destroyer off the top of a ladder, through the table, God bless you. I hope you get through the move safely, but I'll be damned if that's the last move you're taking. That should have been the move to take him out of the match. That's it. You can't tell me any different. I don't care if you're a a wrestling uh, historian, a publicist, a fellow wrestler. Bullshit. Nobody can make an argument to me that tells me that anybody should be walking away after a Canadian destroyer off the top of the ladder through the table. Oh, oh, by the way, they have a month until TV. It's very easy to sell that. It's not like they have to be on TV the next week anyway. You could have easily put that out there. To your point, seeing them, when we saw the Jericho rant after the, the show was over on social media, which I love the Jericho rant, Yeah, seeing Matt and Nick just standing there, it's almost a kick in the balls to the wrestling industry. And maybe they meant to do that. And, and you know what? If they meant to do that, so be it. But I don't have to agree with it. Why couldn't they not be seen at that moment? Why could, if, even if I had to see them, why can I see the doctors tending to them as it's if simple. they're still getting medical attention you got after their match? I mean, Matt, am I off here? No, if they you, were You're not agreeing with me just for the sake of agreeing no, with No, because right? I'm with, because I'm saying that, because if all you have to do is show them getting, because Jericho, even if Jericho rips on them, it makes it even funnier. Oh, look, oh, you guys are still beat up, huh? I'm the champ. That's all you have to do. That's it. They're just standing there instead. If they're getting tended to, by the way, like 45 minutes after their match, it makes the impact of what they went through that much more. It makes Pentagon and Phoenix look that much bigger that they won. Those guys are still licking their wounds. Jericho gets to look like a bigger piece of trash heel by ripping on the two guys that run the company because he's the champ and they lost. It works out for everybody. Instead, they're just standing there. It was a missed opportunity. Like what you're hearing? Catch Busted Open live weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156 or on demand with the Sirius XM app. We didn't get to talk a lot about NXT UK uh, Takeover Cardiff. That's a mouthful. 
Tyler Bate and Walter, you said you watched them for the first time. You talked about the officiating. Did anything jump out to you watching these two guys? I've, I've watched Walter for years. I'm so happy he's, he's within the company now and is still doing things outside of it. Uh, Tyler Bate's been a star for since basically he, he won that UK title. But did anything jump out to you about those guys as performers seeing them for the first time? I think, the, yeah, you ready for this? Here's the most obvious thing that jumped out to me about Tyler Bate versus Walter. It was the best professional wrestling match of the two shows. 100% agree. And I don't think we're saying anything crazy there because I've seen that response before. Those I really guys put enjoy, on a really, main event level title match. Absolutely. I really enjoyed Omega and Pac, and I really enjoyed Jericho and Paige. Bate and Walter, best professional wrestling match of the two shows. Great work, great selling, great registering, great believability. Obviously, the crowd helped, the credibility of the referee. Nothing that I saw made me sit back and go, nope, nope, not buying into it. And I loved the psychology of the finish. Right when it looked like Bate was going to Hulk up, bam, Walter took it away and beat him. That's how you do it. You bring him as high as you can, and then you rip the rug out from underneath him. I've seen that in Walter matches before. I've brought this up where it feels like maybe they go a few. like the, he, he takes it to the point where he's going to lose or looks like he's going to win, and they keep it going a little bit more. And I thought they were going a little too long because the crowd came back into a random chant. But the way he finished that match is, I'm just going to take your head off, and you have nothing left, and I've beaten you. I loved how that finished. And how often have you said, sometimes you get over in losing if you do it the right way. Tyler Bate didn't lose the damn thing losing to Walter, and I can't wait to watch him again. And I was pumped to see Walter do what he did, and I believed that Tyler Bate was in that thing the whole way. And if he lost, so what? It made Walter look like a million bucks, and Tyler Bate still looks like one of the best wrestlers in the entire world. Matt, I've told this story to Dave before. I'll say it again. I used to watch Tommy Dreamer and the Sandman argue about who was going to lose on any particular night because they knew in losing they would get over more. Tyler Bate got over huge in that match. I don't care that he lost because he lost to a bigger, more powerful, credible world champion. And Tyler Bate will live to fight another day. Both guys got over. That was a great pro wrestling match with holds and maneuvers and a couple of dives and a couple of high spots. And it was a little bit of everything. The latter match that we saw it all out, that wasn't a little bit of everything. That was just, let me put my foot on the gas pedal and see sure. how fast I can go before I crash and burn. Nothing wrong with that. Okay, this ma- and then and then Walter versus Tyler Bate. It wasn't like a scientific match that crawled. It was a good mixture of everything that had me and that crowd emotionally invested. Man, there's so many matches I want to see Walter have. Cesaro showing up at the show fit like a glove. Um, And I know people have been disappointed at times the way he's used. I love to see him stick around. I love that idea. And it's not about, and I think that's important that they've hammered this home. It's not about one brand being better or graduating. It's Drew McIntyre saying, I want to go there. It's, It's Cesaro showing up there. I love that. I think it adds credibility to all of the brands. And if someone's not getting featured on Raw or SmackDown, hey, let them go help them out. Give them the rub. I, I love that Fandango and Tyler Breeze have shown up back in NXT, and we've gotten Apollo Crews and Kushida. You have a hell of a roster. 
all over the place, in Orlando, across the country, in Europe. Let's get the most out of him. If I could get to watch Cesaro, would, I, would you say, Billy, that was kind of in his element, him being on that kind of show? Right in his wheelhouse. Here's a 90-mile-an-hour fastball coming right down the middle. Feel free to smack it out of the park, and he did. Thanks for listening. Catch us weekdays on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.